Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Broadcasting live on the Mixed Radio Network. You're listening to Casey Ryan on the cutting room floor. All right, how you doing everybody? Casey Ryan here again for another episode of The Cutting Room Floor, a little podcast that I started to showcase indie entertainers and creative types from all walks. I like to say if you've got a story to tell or a project to sell, then I want to hear from you. Uh, so the easiest way to get a hold of me is on Twitter. You can ask anybody that knows me. I'm well engaged there at Cutting Room MRB, or you can like me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cutting Room MRB. Uh, quick little thank you as we do at the top of every show to The Wolf, who acts as my announcer. You can listen to him and his dear wife, Susan, on the Live from the Morgue podcast every Friday night uh, right here on the Mix Radio Network from 8 o'clock until midnight. Uh, they call it a reality comedy show. Basically, they just get on with a bunch of interesting people and riff about whatever the hell's on their mind, and I've done that show a bunch of times. Lots of fun to hang around with the Mork. Um, also to Michael Cardillo, who, op- uh, who composed my opening jingle there, and to Brigade Radio 1 in Los Angeles, Ethan Detmeyer and the gang uh, set me up with a little bit of a syndication arrangement, so you can listen to me in Los Angeles on Brigade Radio 1. Uh, we're going to be posting my shows there, and they're going to be airing um, f- at 4 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, specific time. So... Uh, also, a quick thank you to Lori George, who uh, is going to be, in addition to being on in the second half of the show, we're going to sort of have a fan service show where we're just going to talk about random stuff that caught our attention this year so far in entertainment. Uh, but Lori set me up on countless interviews, uh, including uh, one that I just did last week with uh, uh, Robert L. Smith. And I had a bit of a fanboy moment because at one point I actually had two Academy Award winners on the line at the same time, and I was just beside myself, because everybody who knows me knows how big of an Oscar nerd I am. Uh, so this dovetails into a discussion that I'm going to be having today, because my first guest of the day has actually worked with Robert, and uh, I've quickly become a fan of his. He sent me some of his music, and we're going to be playing that for you today, too. Austin Shaw is here for the first time. Uh, he's a Santa Cruz-rooted uh, singer-songwriter and a guitarist and a producer. Uh, he was the voted Best Local Musician in Santa Cruz for 2016. Uh, last year, he released his debut EP, uh, Love on Both Sides, and he's currently working on a full-length album. And we're going to be playing little snippets of... Uh, actually, we're going to be playing two songs by him throughout the course of the next half hour. Uh, so without further ado, the Cunningham Floor proudly welcomes, uh, for the first time, Austin Shaw. Austin, how are you? Great, Casey. Good afternoon. Thanks so much for having me on. So the first question I always have for everybody, Austin, when they're on here for the first time is uh, just an icebreaker. Did I get all of your bio information right, or is that close enough? Yeah, you did. Sounded good. Okay, good. Good. I always say it sounds cool when somebody else says it, right? You're right. Absolutely. So so how, how did you get started musically? Well, I've uh, I've always sort of loved music and played music I all through kind of high school and into college. I was in bands and and then I kind of entered the, uh, the the corporate workforce right outside of college, and after some uh, a number of sort of years uh, on the treadmill, I, I decided that um, I needed to get back to a little bit of balance in my life, and and you know music was a big big love of mine, and I continued with it, but sort of on the side, and it's been the last couple of years that I've really 
dug in and started writing my own songs and and uh, you know released my first EP this last year. I've been doing a lot of gigs. So before that, it was you know it was I was sort of a, a music aficionado and loved a lot of others' music and played a lot of cover tunes and and cover bands. But it's only been the last couple of years that I've uh, started to do my own thing. Well, no, and I can certainly relate to that because, quite frankly, I'm on the corporate <laughs> treadmill too, right? So, I mean, I, I, I know the, you know, that life, and and every once in a while, a bug just catches you, and you know, my creative outlet turned into podcasting, right? So, uh, I, I mean, it's it's great that that, like you said, that people can strike a life balance like that. It's important, right? Absolutely, and I, I think in this, you know, especially in the music world these days, it's 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 hard to. Uh, to make a living doing it. And so a lot of people are, you know, pretty brave to get out there and, you know, throw themselves into something they love and, and just kind of, you know, hope it, it works out for them. Now, you know, you mentioned that though, there's, there's kind of a paradox that I'm, I'm hearing from you guys, right? That on one hand, social media and YouTube, especially YouTube, right? Uh, has opened all kinds of floodgates for, for opportunities to get noticed and everything like that. But on the other hand, because the floodgate has been open so wide, it's almost hard, even harder to, to get attention for yourself. I mean, do you see any of that? Absolutely. You know, I, uh, uh, it's funny you mentioned Lori George because um, I was introduced to Lori through Robert, and um, she's been helping me with sort of the social media side of things where I'm a complete rookie. Um, you know, when I started this, I, I didn't even have a, a Facebook account, um, let alone Instagram or Twitter, and, and I realized very quickly that these are amazing tools that, you know, one can leverage to to get the word out. Um, I have a friend who's been in the business for a while, and and you know he he coined it as this is it's become sort of a blue collar business. Like anybody can do it now. You know, a, a lot of the recordings that I initially did for my demos and things, I just did in my own my own house with the microphone and and you know Pro Tools on on my Mac. And um, you know before you used to have to go into a, a studio and spend a lot of money to get some of that stuff done. So it is. It, it's 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 sort of open to the masses, but because of that, there's a lot of noise out there, and it's hard to cut through and and get noticed. Now, it, it's funny that you mentioned Robert because uh, you and I were talking offline. He he was another another person that I met through Lori, and he's very quickly become, I think, probably one of my all-time favorite interviews. What a fascinating that guy that guy is, right? He's he's just he's been doing it for so long, and he's you know such a down-to-earth stand-up guy. And and uh, on top of that, I've just you know, as I've done this this more recent sort of full length album I'm working on with him, I just learned so much. I mean, he's just an absolute wealth of information. But he's also a regular guy, so yeah, he, I, I yeah. That, there was there was no pretentiousness about him at all, and and uh, I, I like that. You know, he just sort of he had his opinions, and, and but he was very approachable and extremely polite and a natural storyteller. I, I thought. But, uh, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, and then he, he's a good teacher. You know, yeah, he is a very yeah. He's a very good teacher. Yeah. So, so what are some of the things that you've learned through your collaboration with him? He's working on the uh, the new uh, full length album from you, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's been a really fun process. Um, I uh, I was introduced to Robert through a friend of mine who had actually done an album years ago with him, and so I started uh, the whole process has been a lot of fun. We I, I started sending him my demos, and over several months we kind of carved out about twelve that you know he thought were sort of good enough. And then from there, we, we um, got in touch with a couple of, of musicians that uh, he knows well and has done a lot of albums with and are just incredible musicians. Larry Saltzman, who essentially you know traveled with Paul Simon 
was Paul Simon's guitar player for years and years and years, and J Joe Bonadio, who's Sting's guitar, uh, drummer right now, and Malcolm Gold is just this incredible bass player. And and we, we sent the demos to them. They, they took a couple weeks to kind of go through and, you know, write up their own charts, come up with ideas. And and then I, I flew to New York, and um, Robert got us all in a room, uh, the Grand Street um, studios in Brooklyn for a handful of days. And, you know, we just went in in the morning and it was the most unbelievable creative experience you could ever imagine. I mean, we, 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 we would just start on the songs and everybody had different ideas. And, and these guys are such pros that they, you know, they, they, they'd come up with different things. And I'm, you know, I think that again, it's the whole learning kind of creative process. I mean, you, you've got the, the guitar player saying, Hey, why don't we uh, add a Woolitzer to this part here in the chorus? And they're, there was just all kinds of equipment in the studio and pedals and instruments. And so you could just, you could just pick anything up and kind of start playing. And, and Robert's sort of there guiding us, guiding us through it all. And we'd go in about nine in the morning and work straight through to, I don't know, 11, sometimes midnight and wouldn't even, wouldn't even think of it as work. I mean, it was, it was, it was fun. The guys were great to, to play with and uh, we'd look up and it'd be time to go. Um, so we did that for a couple of days and, now I'm in sort of in the process of, of mixing, uh, Robert's mixing everything for me, and, and that's something you can do from, you know, from other coasts. He's sending me the, through Dropbox, sending me over the wave files, and then we're back and forth on tweaks we want to make and things like that. So it's just, again, it's, it's, a, it's an incredible learning kind of creative process and just loving what's coming back so far. So uh, what we're going to do now uh, on, you know, this is a good segue to this. You sent me a couple of pieces and um, I, I'm going to play something before I, I set an expectation in terms of what I heard. Right. But needless to say, it was great stuff. Right. And and um, I understand that this is one of the ones that you're targeting for the new release. Right. Uh, Linda Marr, is it? Yeah, Linda Marr. Right. So what can you tell us about this uh, song? So this one, uh, you know, I, I, I was had some friends that told me my first EP, they were, you know, a lot of sad songs and they wanted to hear some more uplifting stuff. Um, you know, I, I kind of write whatever comes out of me. And, uh, and, and this particular one was actually, uh, a story about, uh, when I met my wife in, uh, out in California. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, and you were mentioning to me in the spirit of the creative process that this isn't exactly finished yet, but it's one of those things that's very, very close, right? Yeah, it's very close. And, and another person that, um, you know, came in and after we were out of the studio, but has been a, a great addition and very additive to the album is uh, Clara LaFaro. You should have her on here. She's an amazing solo artist out in New York, and, and she's she's doing the backup vocals on this. So she's got a beautiful voice and adds a, a good energy to the music. Well, awesome. And, and, you know, you want to tell her, you can put her in touch with me. I'd be proud to have her on. Right? Absolutely. So. Okay, so we're going to do this. If you could just mute yourself up there, Austin, and then uh, just hit the mute button on the Skype there, and then uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes to ask you a few more questions. All right? Thank you. I want to take you Go for a ride back to that place where you first touched me inside and you lifted me up, up, up. So very high, I don't want to come down from your deep blue sky. 
gonna paddle out in the cold, cold rain with those small, small waves? Did I explain how I felt you before I even saw? I finally felt something greater, greater than a song, feeling of my heart, heart, heart. Way that you do, 'cause when you come near me, every time it's brand new. Uh, sneak peek at the upcoming album from Austin Shaw called uh, Linda Marr. And the uh, have you got a title for the album uh, yet, Austin? Or are you still working on that? So we're still working on it. We do have an idea. We were we had a little sort of funny incident in the in the studio where we wanted to find a felt pick, and um, we were joking around about how some of these these songs evoked uh, emotion, and you can really feel them. So I was thinking maybe of calling it felt. You know what? That's simple yet effective, right? And and uh, I can almost see the uh, the cover art for that now. Like, uh, yeah, it leaves it open to interpretation too, maybe. Right? Oh yeah, open. Yeah, yeah. And I I, uh, I have a friend of mine who's a local R and B musician by the name of Voice who produces for a lot of people, and he's really into that kind of thing too. So I've been exposed to a lot of that kind of stuff lately, and uh, that you know what? I think that's that's a keeper. I think. <laughs> good. Good. Right. Uh, lifting little me melodies that kind of stick with you, you know, and I, I say this is a high compliment having spent a lot of time on Lauren car trips myself, but this is the kind of thing that you can almost picture yourself, you know, singing on a long stretch of highway, right? And um, you mentioned that uh, in the uh, information that you sent to me that, that you almost position these as musical diaries, right? Yeah, you know, I... Uh not they're not specific you know this one is is about you know when i when i i did meet my wife but a lot of them sort of come from somewhere you know you you, you sort of the process to writing these songs I, I usually just pick up my guitar and start strumming if i find a neat little riff 
Um, sometimes, I, you know, the words just come to me and I'll, I'll write them down real quick. Other times I might sort of see, hey, this is kind of reminiscent of a breakup in high school or, or, or something that happened at some point in my life, you know, the, this where the breeze blows back the window into some something that either happened to me or maybe it was a movie I saw or maybe it was just sort of a, an incident a friend of mine went, went through. Um, so these, yeah, these, these tend to, to be from life experiences and they're not always specific to me, but uh, that seems to be what comes out of me. So what kinds of life experiences do you think make for the best subject matter for a song? Is, is it, uh, you know, I mean, obviously relationships is, a, you know, a goldmine for, for musicians, right? There's lots of material out there about that. But is there any kind of other sort of human experience that you'd like to tap into when you're writing? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. When I first started writing, as I mentioned, some of my friends were saying some of my, my original kind of demo stuff was, you know, quote-unquote depressing. Um, I, you know, I, I think <coughs> Pardon me. loss is something that, 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 that I like to write about, and, and I'm doing less of that these days, so maybe I got that all out of me. Um, you know, love and relationships a big a big thing, or just a, a, a neat experience, you know, or a happy experience you might have. Um, what I try to do is I try not to think too much about what I'm writing about, um, but I might come home from, you know, having a cup of coffee with somebody or, or seeing something that just sort of blew me away and, and sit down and just start writing about it. Um, and I, I think if you try to stay true to sort of the emotions or the feelings that are coming up, not worry too much about is this going to be a, you know, are people going to like this or is this going to be a pop song or is this going to be this type of song? Um, then, you know, it tends to be a little more genuine, I think. When do you, or when and where do you find yourself, uh, you know, at your most creative? Like, do you have a, an ideal workspace or, you know, like, is it, you know, first thing in the morning or late at night, I, I guess, uh, you know, when do you find that, that you really get motivated creatively? You know, most of the time it is um, later in the evening. You know, I've, I've got a family, so once everybody's sort of in bed and asleep, um, I've got this neat old old Gibson acoustic NGO, kind of a small little guitar I can sit on the couch and, and, and play. And sometimes I'll just do that to decompress and, and, and music will come to me. So, um, and then when I'm traveling too, I feel like, you know, spent a little bit of time in Central America this summer and, and a lot of songs came out of me then and sort of more you know, mellow along the lines of, you know, kind of tropical mellow songs came out just from the environment I was in. But yeah, I think, I think when I'm sort of unwinding in the evening is when I'm these things tend to come out of me. <clears throat> so we're going to do another one from you, right? And I, I think this was off of your uh, your first album, right? Uh, Citrine is the name of the song, is it? Yeah, that's, that's from there. And uh, what can you tell us about this one? You know, I, I always worry about kind of telling you exactly what the story is, just because I think people interpret things in their own way. But I, I think this is kind of a you know, observing somebody who you you know that has lost somebody. Um, it could be a relationship. It could be a you know person that's gone away, um, but just kind of being close to that person and kind of seeing what they're going through. Okay, and that's uh, also a universal human experience too. So I can certainly relate to that. So we're going to play Citrine, and this was off of the debut album called Love on Both Sides, right? That's right. Thanks, Keith. Okay, so if you just want to hit mute again, and then we'll uh, we'll be back in another couple of minutes. I 
faces you remember It was so serene When he left some train Did it hurt? Was I there? Can you tell me how to act? Because it, it felt so unfair All those words that you said When I was part of your scene I wanted to help with your madness, but I felt so green. Like a leaf drifts down from a tree, will you pick me up? different feel from it, uh, Citrine by Austin Shaw, and I was kidding, I was actually discussing this with my wife this morning, I, I'm a huge Blue Rodeo fan, like a lot of Canadians are, and uh, you know, one of my favorite groups of all time, and I, I listened to it, and I said, Jesus, it sounds like Blue Rodeo, and I called my wife down, and she, without prompting her, she said exactly the same thing, so uh, I really like that kind of stuff, so... Kind of folksy with a little bit of country mixed in and a little bit of something to offer to everybody. So, uh, and uh, Austin, again, thanks for having sent me that stuff. My pleasure. I'll have to check out Blue Rodeo. Yeah, it, they're lost together. It was the uh, you know sort of their signature song, and I, I actually saw them north of Montreal at a small venue. So they were really good group. Um, now. I understand that you're in the process of actually getting it launched, right? Like, and you're targeting by the end of the year, you want to have the new album out, right? 
Yeah, so I think what I'll probably end up doing is release a single from the album before the end of the year. Um, I, I sort of learned last year that, that releasing your album near the end of the year, um, you're close to the end of the year. And so you kind of have to start things over the next year. So probably release a single by the end of the year and then um, uh, you know release the album sometime in early uh, 2017. Okay, all right, great. And uh, do you guys, uh, do you get a chance to, to perform live much? We do. Um we're doing a lot of local gigs mostly, um, but uh, a fun gig that's coming up, Santa Cruz uh, is having its 150th year anniversary, and they have fireworks and a, a big uh, kind of massive party on the beach. Um, so at main main stage at the Boardwalk on October 1st, I'm going to be playing um, with my band there. So that, that should be a fun one. Then we've got a couple of sort of potential uh, festivals coming up that are still out in California, but, but not too far away. And then, um, you know, we just kind of have regular gigs around town here. Is performing live something that you enjoy doing? Like I, I know that a lot of uh, people prefer that, you know, to more the studio recordings to, to actually getting out in front of a live audience. But you know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. You know, it, 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 it wasn't something I thought I'd like doing. I, I like playing, you know, in intimate settings with friends and some house parties and things like that. But, um, I've I've learned that sort of as you put yourself in these positions that aren't very comfortable to you and you kind of get through them, it, it's an amazing experience. So I, I'm lucky enough to have um, gotten together with a couple other musicians who are very talented, and every time we do gigs, I'm kind of liking it more and more. So uh, th this this one in October will be one of the bigger ones because it's sort of a big Santa Cruz County thing. Um, so looking looking forward to it. But yeah, I I, I enjoy it. And uh, you know what? It's funny. It reminds me of something that that uh, somebody asked me during one of the interviews that I gave, and he he said, uh, you know, do you have any advice for somebody who wants to start a podcast who's afraid of you know public speaking? And I said, yeah, speak publicly, <laughs> right? I mean, it's, you know, it's the, it's the only way you you can never ever develop any kind of enjoyment of it is actually by getting out there and doing it, right? Absolutely. You know, I, I think of the gigs as kind of paid practice, and and because you do, you improve every time you. You do a gig. So, I mean, is it a, a lab for you? I mean, do you test things out on crowds to, to see what their reactions are going to be? Like, I, I, you know, I, I know I've done that here, right? But Absolutely. You know, we, we've even taken songs that are kind of singer-songwriter, sort of sweet, mellow songs, and tried to, you know, either blues them up or country them up or swing them up a little bit. And uh, we've got a couple songs like that that, We'll do the, the, the mellow song and, you know, folks sort of talk through it. And then right after that, we'll play the other version and people kind of pay attention and maybe start tapping their feet. So it, it, it's a fun. And with this new album, um, I've got a lot more kind of electric guitars and, and some other effects stuff. And I thought it'd be real fun to try to recreate that kind of in a live setting. Because mostly what, what we're doing in our, our gigs these days is all acoustic. So um, I'm looking forward to that component of it going forward. I'm just going to take a quick uh, minute here, and I'm going to see if I can add Lori to the call, right? So if you just uh, give me a quick second here, Austin, all right? Sure. All right, let's see if we can get Okay, so um, okay, I'm getting a bit of a feedback there uh, for some reason, uh, but okay. You want me to mute my? Yeah, maybe if you could mute your your okay, mic there just for a quick second. I'm just gonna see if I can get Lori out. No. Okay, so I'm just gonna send her a quick message here. Uh, all right. 
Yeah, I'm just trying to get Laurie George on as my guest for the second half of the show. It looks like she's trying to message me. Uh, okay, all right. Ready to go when you are. Okay, Austin, are you still there? I'm still here. Yeah, okay, so um, maybe what, uh, what are your plans to actually sort of take this out then? I, I, uh, I mean, are you going to have a full, you know, formal launch or I, I guess, uh, you know, how are you planning to, to actually go ahead with this? Yeah, you know, the the, the first time I really, or when I launched the EP last year, I, I sort of did a lot of do-it-yourself stuff and, 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 you know, realized that I had a lot of local support and sort of friends and local fans that would come out and support me and everything, but it's hard to kind of get things beyond that without, uh, you know, without a little little press help or, or folks who know what they're doing, you know. So, like, for instance, I've engaged with Lori to help me on, on the social network stuff, and, and I have someone who might help me with uh, kind of get some press releases out there and, and then probably do a, a CD release party um, at some point early next year and then uh, maybe a little tour after that. Kind of a regional tour. Well, and my yeah. and I, you know, I, I put this out there for you, but my background is in sales, so you know, corporate sales. So if you want to run any ideas by me, I'm happy to give you my advice for what it's worth too. So really appreciate that. And 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 Casey, I think it's so cool that I'm sure you're a busy guy, but that you've sort of created this platform to to help you know, emerging artists and folks kind of get the word out there. So thank you very much. Well, I mean, you know, the, the way I position it, like, is, uh, and first of all, thank you for the feedback, but, but uh, you know, the, the way, you know, I'll give my own motivation for it was, you know, quite frankly, at the risk of sounding overly sad, my wife and I don't have kids, right? So I, I needed something to do to, to fill my weekends, right? And I, I love talking about popular culture with anybody that's willing to listen to me. And I, I always said that, that half the fun of going to a movie is actually seeing it. And the other half is debating what you saw with your buddies out in the parking lot for a half an hour, right? So that was really the kind of mood that I was trying to set up here. And in the course of doing it, I said, well, I have all the sales experience and these people are trying to get attention. Maybe I could figure out a way to somehow combine the two and, and you know turn it into something. And here I am over 500 episodes later. So yeah, very cool. And I listened to some of your, your previous ones, and they're real fun to listen to. So keep up the good work, man. So, so who are some of your influences musically? Gosh, you know, growing up, I, I sort of I listened to all the classic. You know, it was Led Zeppelin and the Who, and and then uh, my mom used to play. She used to have you know, cassette tapes of all the singer-songwriters. So I listened to James Taylor and Paul Simon and, and and you know, kind of all, all, all that genre. Um, and then as I've gotten older, it's kind of an eclectic. It depends on the week, you know. I, 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 I found and discovered a lot of new um, singer-songwriters that have popped up. I, I, you know, I like classical music. It, it really kind of depends on the week and my mood. But definitely the old... Classic rock guys. Uh, I think there's some influences there um, into my music. Uh, Austin, this has been a lot of fun, but uh, I don't seem to think I can get an ad lorry to the call. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'll tie this up with you, and then uh, maybe I'd be happy to have you back once you get closer to the launch. If you if you'd like to come back, and maybe you'll have another uh, tune or two that you could share with us. That'd be great. I really appreciate it. Thanks for your time, Casey. It was fun being on. Okay, and one last thing: where can people go to learn more about you? So AustinShawMusic.com is my website, and then you know Austin Shaw on Facebook, 
um, and Instagram is is you can find kind of everything from my webs- website. You can keep the social things from there. And uh, there's uh, it's Austin Shaw Tunes on on Twitter too, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that, that's thanks to Lori. That's my my new Twitter account. And uh, and you know if you you want to listen to Spotify or basically any electronic streaming music, you want to go to iTunes and and listen to stuff. I'm I'm on all those platforms as well. Okay. Well, well great. So so thanks a lot, and we'll definitely be in touch soon. And, and again, I'm a big fan of what you're doing. Keep it up the great work. And and uh, please do tell Robert I said hi the next time you speak with him. All right. I, thanks a lot, Casey. All right. No problem. Okay, so we've been on with uh, Austin Shaw, and I'm just trying to get uh, my old pal Lori George on the line here, so let's see if we can get this to work. All right. Uh... All right, we're just trying to get Lori on the line. Hello, Lori. Okay. Hello. Okay, Lori? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We got lift off. Yeah. Can you hear me? Some, yeah. I can hear you. For some reason, okay. it wasn't letting me. Um, it wasn't letting me patch you in to the uh, to the call with Austin. I had to talk to you guys one at a time. So I was I was looking forward to that because you know you guys know each other and it's always fun to have that banter. But what a nice yeah. guy. Uh, very very talented person too. He really is. Yeah. He was he was away for a while. So I'm looking. Oh yeah. Like you said, I was looking forward to talking to him. But you know. If it's not, if Skype isn't doing something that's nice for us, you know, then it's got some catching up to do. I'm being sarcastic, of course. No, yeah, like, of course, yeah. So it's got to do something. <laughs> so, so my uh, my guest on the second half of the show, we, this is one of these things. We're gonna have an open format, like I I position it when I have Ian and Kevin, who are my two oldest friends on here, Ian Richie and Kevin Lacouf. Every once in a while, I have them on just because I want to talk shop or whatever is on our minds. We don't have an open, we just, we're going to have an open forum. I've had a few other people do this too, and it's generally received pretty well. Um, so Lori George is uh, on the show in the second half. Uh, she's an actress and a singer. Uh, she's also been a, a huge help to my show. She sent me up on, on dozens of interviews, in addition to having done the show a bunch of times herself. And we're talking about people like Austin Shaw, but also Ken Mary and Kane Roberts and Robert L. Smith and uh, all kinds of other people who have been on the cutting room floor, thanks to uh, to Lori pointing them in my direction. Um, so I thought it would be fun. Uh, you know, we can obviously, of course, to Lori, if you have any projects that you're uh, wanting to talk about, we can do that too. But I just thought we'd sort of riff on on some of the things at random that we uh, that kind of caught our attention this year in um, in entertainment. Sure. Yeah, um, I don't have any projects like that are close to being finished. Well, actually, I do, but it's like a, I think it's an ongoing joke with me. The universe is playing an ongoing joke with me. There's one song, one, uh, <laughs> yeah, one <you're>... song, <laughs> and it's just gone through so many different pauses, and then starting up again, and then you know the creative side of me goes, okay, well, I actually want to take it a different direction. And then, um, you know, life happens and the, uh, the producer of it will move. Or, you know, I mean, not, not, it's not like it's their fault, but I'm just like, okay, now I get why, you know, money talks and, you know, what walks. Because it's just like, if, if you're able to scrounge up enough money to actually get the job done, uh, you know, right, the way it should be, in the time frame that you want it, you're going to have to cough up money. So I'm like, okay, all right, once I get some things squared away in my personal life, I think I'm just going to, uh, you know, eat ramen noodles for a few months. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's 
you know, everybody says this, right? It's it's a, a crazy circus that you get into because you love it, not because you're, you're hoping to make millions at it, right? But yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Like I think maybe in the 1980s or 1990s, the early part of 1990s, that would have been possible. Like my friends Kane and Ken have told me, and Robert and everyone else. But I'm like, darn, I missed the boat. But yeah, it's 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 true. You just have to be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this not for the love of money, but for the love of the the craft. But then you realize, okay, I kind of hate money because without it, I'm not able to get this taken care of. So it's like a what do you call it? I don't know if catch twenty two is the appropriate phrasing, but it's like a it's like a cycle. You you're doing it because you love it, but you have to have enough money and time to take care of it. And if you don't have enough money and time to take care of it, then it doesn't get done. And then it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God. I'm going to chase my tail for a while longer, I guess. I don't know. Well, I mean, it, it may be just a question of, of timing, too, right? I mean, you, know, you can't put too much pressure on yourself. Otherwise, you're going to lose all enjoyment for it entirely, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's another big one. So I'm just, like, thankful, for example, like... Um, my friend Sal, Sal LaGuardia, you interviewed a couple of weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, I don't remember when. Uh, yeah. um, Earlier. He and some other people have been, you know, really, really nice and, and helping me get what's in my brain and either, you know, write it on paper or uh, get the sound that I'm thinking about going for, you know, for this song or that song. So that's been good at least. And like you said, I really can't. <laughs> I, I'm just wanting to get it done. I'm, I'm wanting to get it done and maybe get like an EP, you know, because yeah. I'm not going to shoot for like an album. No, not yet. But um, so, you know, all in all, I guess it's it's just a learning process, but I'm just wanting to have it done. <laughs> so, so, okay. So, yeah, I mean, let, let's lighten up the conversation a little. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, right? Right? I, I, you know, what are, what are some of the things that, that, uh, that you've seen or heard this year, you know, either movies or TV or music or whatever that... That kind of caught your attention that you really enjoyed? Ooh, okay, so I started making a list of the movies I'd seen this year, and I was like, crap, I've seen a lot of movies. <laughs> um, I've also, like, been listening to some some artists out there that have been catching my ears, because they're not really catching my eyes since it's years. But um, movies, I gotta say, most recently I saw Bad Moms, Oh, you did? Okay. Oh my gosh, that was funny. Um, definitely not for those who are sensitive to cuss words or crude humor, but I didn't mind it. I thought it was funny. I thought, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to be a mom, but if I ever was going to be a mom, I would want to be a bad mom like <laughs> these ladies. It just, it's just so, uh, from my friends who are moms to, you know, my mom herself, not throwing her in the equation necessarily, but just like, you reach a point where you're like, I have to do what's right for me and my kids and my family. And yeah, there's chemicals and all that other stuff out there, but I don't have to be a perfect mom. And it's just, it takes, it just goes on a wild goose chase with uh, the ladies rediscovering who they are and as individuals, but yet as moms. And yeah. And then Ghostbusters, believe it or not, I really like that one, the remake. Uh, I, I, I heard sure that the that uh, I heard that the cameos were well done too. I, I don't want you to tell me too much about it because I have that on my very short list of things that I want to see. But but uh, I, I heard that that was better than people gave it credit for, right? It really was. Yeah, I I made sure to see the what do they call it the the matinee, so I wasn't paying an arm and a leg to see it when I saw it. But 
I was glad I saw it. I was like, you know, it was really good. And it wasn't as if I was listening to the critics and going, oh, I don't want to see it. But I was just starting to think, maybe I shouldn't see it. But then I, of course, slapped myself silly. And I was like, just go to see it. Just go see it. And um, it was really well done, in my opinion. And Chris Hemsworth is actually really funny, too. I, I, I heard that, too. I heard that he's the, uh, the, the scene stealer in that, that, that he gets actually some of the best lines in that. Right? He does. I mean, the only thing I've seen him in is the, the action movies where he's serious and maybe he says something snide, remarkish, snarky on the side, but I had never seen uh, humor side of him so actually b believe it or not you know what I, I one of the things that i saw with him that um uh i found really really funny was um uh, that he did a sketch on jimmy kimmel after the oscars right um, mm -hmm. where have you ever watched the jimmy kimmel show after the academy awards I haven't seen it, not yet, not this year, no. Okay. Uh -uh. Well, it was a it was a couple of years ago, and what Jimmy Kimmel decided to do was he he, he said I'm going to make uh, you know videos with an unlimited budget for viral videos that are on the internet, right? <laughs> oh wait, was that when his brother joined him? Yeah, and and Tom Hanks, and and uh, they they did this completely overblown farce about Charlie bit my finger. Yeah. Yes! Oh my god, I remember that now. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. They, they, they were both hilarious. They bet my finger out. Like, like Gladiator. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Okay, I remember that now. Yeah. But uh, I think I love Ghostbusters a whole lot because it took, it, you know, the gals were the smart ones, the ones in charge. I mean, not like I have to watch movies where women are in charge, but it was just a really good uh, representation of... You know, and then Chris Hemsworth paid, played the, the ditzy secretary type. <laughs> he was just like, he, he, was, he was the beefcake, but he was, you know, just there to decorate the walls, basically. <laughs> it was interesting. And, and but, the, you're getting a lot of big pictures that, that are, you know, getting, you know, another second life, right? That, that uh, rightly or wrongly, but I mean, I know one of them that made my wife and I both cringe was that, that Lethal Weapon was going to be turned into a television series with uh, with Damon Wayans. Oh God, no! No, I, <laughs> please no! Please no! Yeah, and I, I saw that and I went ah, and she came running down the stairs and I pointed at the. <laughs> Are you okay? Did you? Did you no, and then no. she and then she saw what I saw and she goes, Oh God Almighty! The <laughs> slow mo dramatic no. Yeah, but but one of them that that I was curious to see that I think might work. Uh, is uh, they're also turning The Exorcist into a TV show, and it's going to be about uh, Father Merrill as a younger man going out on different exorcisms and things like that. I think that that, in the right hands, might make for a really scary TV series. Ooh, yeah. That, that does have a lot of potential, especially if the people who created um, Stranger Things on Netflix mix with, like, uh, the people who do that show Preacher on AMC, I believe, is the show. That yeah, that does have a lot of potential. Yeah, because there is an, an appetite out there for for darker stuff, right? I mean, you know, you look at The Walking Dead, which is you know far the furthest thing from uplifting that there is on TV these days, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's not a feel good kind of type of film or TV series. Yeah. Uh, one of the ones that made me laugh recently that that uh, I actually just started yesterday was uh, was Vice Principals, and I, I say this because my. Uh, both my parents were in the education system for careers, right? And, and uh, I, I got to tell you, that 
that made me laugh pretty damn hard. Have you seen that yet? Vice Principal is that a TV series yeah, it's or a, TV, a movie? Yeah, Vice, <laughs> Vice Principals is a TV series with uh, with Danny McBride and uh, and Walton Goggins. I'm gonna have to look that one up. Is that like the the, the world of Vice Principals and it's basically the, the ins and outs? It's basically what happens is that that uh, there's uh, Bill Murray's in the first episode, and uh, he retires, and you've got these two total head cases that are his vice principals that are competing for the, the lead job. Oh my gosh. So, that does sound fun. <laughs> yeah, and and they're they're completely, you know, unhooked but for different reasons. Like, you know, Danny McBride does this typical anger management thing and Walter and Goggins I, I mean all he has to do is look at the camera and I laugh. I, I, I <laughs> You know, and and I mean, you got to say something for that guy. And here's a guy that came out of relatively out of nowhere, right? He, and and he held his own. Um, I mean, I, he's one of my favorite actors right now, and, and he held his own in the Hateful Eight, right? I mean, he had all these guys that were you know sort of standard people from from Tarantino stable, and he was holding his own ground there, and and walk, right, and yeah. walking away with a lot of it. And I, I had to admire that, right? Mm, yeah, totally. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. Oh, did you see a Zoolander two? Are you a Zoolander fan? Uh, no, I haven't seen the original in in years, but but uh, I've I heard that that was supposed to be funny. Have, have you seen that? Yeah, what's pretty neat about how they made Zoolander two, in my opinion, it was just as funny as the first one. And if you haven't watched the first one, you'll you'll miss out on just a few things. But they made sure to take a whole lot of what was funny about the first one and incorporate it into the plot of the second one. So you won't be, uh, what's going on if you've never seen the first one? But it was really funny. I was surprised. I was like, okay, it's a sequel. It's Zoolander. I don't know. But I just, you know, set aside my little concerns and just, just enjoyed laughing my butt off. It was really good. And I don't see how. I mean, I see. I, comedy is great, but I'm just, I'm just amazed at um, Owen Wilson. Ben Stiller, the whole cast and crew, I mean, just, my gosh, hilarious, stupid hilarious, you know, just a stupid hilarity. Okay, on the subject of that, uh, we're going to take one short break, just because I've, I'm a huge Seth MacFarlane fan, and I saw uh, another one that I have no business enjoying, except when I'm exhausted and I need to hit the big red button for a laugh, but I'm, okay. uh, I, A Million Ways to Die in the West, have you, have you seen that? Oh my gosh, yes. So funny. Okay, so I'm going to play Alan Jackson's A Million Ways to Die uh, for you, and then we're going to come back and I'll have another couple of minutes with you. Is that all right, Lori? Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, uh, yeah, so just hit yourself on mute there and we'll be back in a minute. All right, cool. Cowboys and pioneers, come lend your eyes and ears. I've got the need to testify. Don't try to build your nest out in the open west, cause there's a million ways to die. Six bullets in the gut are just a paper cut. Too many ways to quantify. They'll cut your ankle off to cure a minor cough Cause there's a million ways to die A million ways to die It's a hundred and one in the shade of the sun If you fall asleep, you're fried A million 
live like a saint, but there just really ain't no avoiding a million ways to die. Smallpox and bigger pox and deadly tomahawks. Oh, God forbid you steal a pie. They'll blast you into shards for playing good at cards. Cause there's a million ways to die. Out on the desert plains, it hardly ever rains. And you can hear coyotes cry. They'll eat you up and then they'll shit you out again. Cause there's a million ways to die. And a whack as a knife in your back Cause you got a fancy tie A million ways to die It's a kick in the pants But you don't have a chance Of escaping a million ways to die That was A Million Ways to Die by the great Alan Jackson horsing around on a Seth MacFarlane film that uh, had me laughing pretty hard. He had all of his old cronies in there, uh, Giovanni Ribisi and Neil Patrick Harris and all these guys that he works with fairly frankly, so uh, that was rolling around in my head. Had to play that, scratch the itch, now you have the earworm too. Uh, Laura, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. So uh, I also wanted to, uh, before I forget here, I wanted to give a, a quick shout out, very, very important, um, to Rosamund Danza. Uh, Laurie, you know Rose? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, so yeah. Laurie, Laurie's a filmmaker out of, uh, out of Sacramento, California. Uh, also, much like Laurie, a huge supporter of mine, sent me up on some really big interviews and has been in my corner since the beginning, just like Laurie. Uh, and her film Laundry Mat, uh, which was her th senior thesis film for film school, is going to be showing at the uh, Newark International Film Festival, uh, which is running in Newark, New Jersey from September 9th to 11th. And she's got a uh, GoFundMe page uh, up to try to get there to actually see the screen. So this is a good opportunity to give a young person a, a healthy start. Uh, you know, I encourage this kind of behavior. Rose has improved with every single one of the projects that she sent me over the course of the last six years, and I'm proud to call over a friend and to endorse this. So, uh, go on to GoFundMe, and it's uh, send Rose to New send Rose to Newark is the uh, the thing, and it's got uh, she's it's a modest goal. It's only basically to cover the airfare and the hotel. It's just a thousand bucks. That's all she needs to get there. So, uh, if you guys are out there and you want to pay it forward a little bit. This would be a nice gesture to see somebody get their own film recognized in a uh, in a film festival early in the career. Um, so, Laurie, what is uh, I, one of the other things that, that I thought was really cool that I saw this year with my buddies was the uh, the remake of the Jungle Book. Have you, have you seen that? No, that's on my list of I want to see it but haven't yet. No, that was really, really good. I, I, uh, I was, yeah, I went in with the, to that with limited expectations because I, uh, you know, that, I, that film was so important to me. Like I watched that religiously as a kid over and over and over again. But they did a really good job with it, and um, there is a cookie in there for for Christopher Walken fans that I thought was kind of cool. Cool. Now I'm really interested. <laughs> you want me to tell you what it is, or you want to see it for yourself? Nah, I'll see. Okay. All right. So, but but uh, if you if you pay close attention. My buddies and I all caught it, and, and we thought it was really funny, too. Um, another one that I saw just this morning, 
actually was one called Elvis and Nixon, which uh, surprised me, with, uh, with Michael Shannon playing Elvis and, um, and Kevin Spacey playing Richard Nixon. And this was a little-known story about how uh, Elvis Presley in the, um, in the early 1970s, when he was at the peak of his kind of coked-out weirdness, uh, decided that the country needed him and wanted to become a federal marshal <laughs> to, <coughs> to go undercover and I'm not kidding about this, to investigate the nation's youth and the pollution of their mind with narcotics. And it's, it's all about him trying to get, he was obsessed with getting this federal badge um, that would allow him to go undercover for, for uh, you know, I don't even know what they call it, the CIA or whatever it would be. Uh, so it's all about him trying to haggle and, and get his way to, uh, to a meeting with Nixon. And it, was a, it was a strange but, but really, really interesting story, so... So based on true stuff? Well, yeah, because Nixon recorded every single conversation that happened in the Oval Office, right? Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. So, so they had a transcript of the conversation. Apparently, uh, the, the picture of, of Nixon and Elvis is the single most requested item in the National Archives. I, that, that's a, a statistic. I thought, Considering all the stuff that must be in there, that's kind of an odd thing to pick, I would think. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that. That, 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 was, that was a neat one. So, oh cool! I'll just say that. So no, it's it's out. You said? Uh, it's uh, I think it's streaming online or something. So okay. But uh, and the last one that that uh, that really uh, I found interesting, and I, I kept saying to myself, Patrick Stewart is going to win an Oscar for this. Was uh, was Green Room? Uh, I haven't seen that one yet either. Yeah. Okay. We're in, mm -hmm. and it's one of uh, sadly it's one of Anton Yelchin's last movies too because he was tragically taken from us this year. Uh, along with so many other celebrities, I don't know what the hell was going on in 2016, but but um, I, I don't like it. I, I don't it's like it either. Took me off. No, no it's, <laughs> it's it's saddening, right? I mean, you, yeah. you know. So, but uh, but all that to say, it's worth the the uh, it's worth it just to, to to see Patrick Stewart in that one, and he is a whole new level of scary that I didn't think that he was capable of, and and uh, he's That's one of scary. He, he's one of these actors too that he's he's another one that can do it all. He can be stone cold serious, and he's classically trained, but he can also he's really good at making you laugh too. So. Mm -hmm. He used to have, he was a ginger, like you can't tell because he's bald, but he used to have like naturally curly, wavy red hair. It's funny that you mentioned that too, because I, I, uh, I was watching Excalibur the other day and, you know, I said, God, that guy looks familiar, but he had this great <laughs> big mop of, of bushy hair and I said, Jesus, Patrick Stewart, you know. <laughs> so it's funny how something simple like that can render people unrecognizable, right? Mm, yeah, the hairstyle or lack thereof. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I, I got to chime in from uh, from from uh, Paul here. Says that, that uh, Bruce Campbell is the greatest Elvis per pretend pretend Elvis ever. Yeah, I would agree to that. Okay. Uh, Bubba Hotep, still one of the funny. That that's one of my guilty pleasure Bubba movies when I need a laugh yeah. too. Have you seen that? No, I've heard about it though. It's where um, uh, the real. Uh, Elvis hires an impersonator just because he wants some time off, but the the the, imper the impersonator dies, so oh. <laughs> so he's stuck pretending to imitate himself for the rest of his life. So oh my and they're, gosh, and they're trying to hunt down this Egyptian ghost and uh, it's just typical Bruce Campbell mind candy. But you know what, Paul? Thanks, oh, because now I got the itch and I'm not going to be able to think about anything else this afternoon. So I'm going to have to watch that again today. So.
Uh, okay, so we got to tie this up, Lori. I, I really appreciate you hopping on here to, to share your thoughts with us on short notice. But but uh, Can you uh, hear me? I, I'd be happy to have you back any time that you have a project to promote. Or I mean, you're you're an old friend of the show, and I, I appreciate it all. Right. So. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Skype was lying then. No, no, no problem. So, where <laughs> where can people go to learn more about your stuff? Learn about my stuff. Well, there's good old Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash. Well, if you just look up Lori George, uh, on like a Facebook page, it's Lori George zero seven, and then on Twitter, I'm L underscore G E O. It's the letter L underscore G E O, and uh, those are my two main portals that I use to communicate. I also have a Tumblr account, but that's just kind of a here and there. I'll post every now and then, but Facebook and Twitter, those are the main ways you can get in touch with me. Well, again, thanks a lot. And, and again, I appreciate all the help that you've given me over the years. And, and you know, I, I was just talking to, uh, to Austin there and I, you know, Robert Smith is, he's got to be one of my all-time favorite interviews at this point very 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 nice guy and and he's uh, a book he needs to write a book he, he is a book <laughs> he, I, and I, I you know what i i, I kind of needled him about that i you know he goes, yeah he, i mean i even got a I, you know, I, I geeked out on him a little bit for the first time because i'm a huge billy joel fan right oh yeah. i listened to that interview that was so awesome yeah, yeah that, Joel. what wow. wow it was just him and billy joel in the studio and he's and the conversations and everything was like oh my gosh what i wouldn't That's have so given to be a fly on the wall to hear that i i just wow i mean i, I yeah you know, i walked away with a big dumb dopey grin on my face for the rest of the day <laughs> So, again, thank you. Well, thanks so much for inviting me. And it's been an honor to just, you know, see how this has developed over the years and do what I can with people that I know or the people who know people that I don't know. And so, yeah, you never know. Oh, I, I, and, again, I appreciate it. So, you know, anything I can do to help you, then you let me know. All right? All right, Casey. All You're right. a good guy. Thanks so much. No problem. So that's going to do it for us today. Again, on behalf of my guest, Lori George, uh, and Austin Shaw, uh, you've been listening to Casey Ryan on the cutting room floor. We'll talk to you guys uh, next week. I just want to make sure I didn't miss any of my announcements. No. So again, thanks a lot to everybody and to, uh, to Paul Reeves who always sits in on the chat room. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Cut, print, wrap, and I am done. That was another edition of the cutting room floor with your host Casey Ryan. Follow Casey on Twitter at Cutting Room MRB and on Facebook, The Cutting Room Floor. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.